electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Kington here with Jim Cramer. David Faber has the morning off. Stocks look to get back some of Wednesday's losses as this extraordinary NATO meeting takes place with the president in Brussels. I got more eco data and Fed speak. Jobless claims, lowest level since 1969 today. Our roadmap begins with BlackRock's Larry Fink saying it is the end of globalization. Airline CEO is urging the president to lift those COVID mask mandates. And as Andrew just said, Uber surging after reaching a deal to list all New York taxis on its app. We've got some details. We will start with the markets, though, as the president and NATO leaders gather in Brussels amid the Russia-Ukraine conflict. We're expecting a host of policy initiatives, Jim, but the main one's going to be more commitments that the EU is seeking and and NATO uh, for Europe, specifically LNG. Yeah, you know, I think that we really have to start understanding the way the LNG market works. The swing vote for LNG, you'd think, would be us, but uh, the president has appointed people in FERC. And by the way, uh, Senator Sullivan talked about this. FERC has uh, got this thing, environmental justice, which basically says, look, guys, don't you build any more pipelines to the southeast uh, that might have uh, that might be turned into LNG because we're very concerned about the siting of pipelines. So a lot of the oil and gas companies in our country are saying, wow, you know what, we're not going to produce anymore or build any more LNG. So what the president has to do is kind of just give some direction to the oil companies that it's safe to be able to build pipe. But it's, they've done the opposite. And uh, it's very confusing. I feel bad for the oil companies. You know, I know people, most people don't, but they don't know what to do. And yet the president is saying, we'll give you more LNG, but there is no more LNG. Yeah. Uh, all the EU is looking for commitments for the next couple of winters. Interesting, Dallas Fed did a survey yesterday of oil executives, and they asked, what's the main reason why production isn't increasing at these prices? And the number one reason was investor demand for capital discipline. Government regulation was last. Right. Well, I mean, I just say for LNG. In terms yeah. of drilling, yes, the drilling peak was in March of 20. Uh, at 13 million. Uh, but if you talk to Pioneer, I love, love talking to these companies, Pioneer, if you talk to uh, Moncrief at Devon, who was the beginning of this, uh, if you go to EOG, which was downgraded to, I thought that was a needless downgrade, Diamondback, they all say the same thing, which is that Wall Street has told us no more. No more. Stop it with the drilling. Give us the money back. Give us special or variable dividends. And it, all these companies have drilled wells, but they're not. Uh, taking the oil out of them because they just say, listen, we're going to obey Wall Street. And it's really helped their stocks. Uh, Meanwhile, um, we'll look for more uh, initiatives. It does look like Germany, at least, is going to try to give some rebates uh, to consumers and companies to make up for some of these energy costs, maybe keeping their coal plants open a little bit longer than they thought. Well, uh, there's a lot of people. But Angela Merkel gets no criticism. But the fact is, is that Uh, The speed with which they went green is one of the reasons why it's so difficult to 
uh, challenge the Russians. We don't talk about that enough. A lot of it we just say is, well, they've got nukes. But the fact is, is that if you shut down the pipe, that they, the pipes that they have to Germany, they might run out of money in this war. Otherwise, I think there's a lot of people who are starting to say, you know what, the whole notion that Zelensky may be winning or whatever is not coming true because in the end, the Russians are perfectly willing to lob missiles day and night. And at a certain point, you can get a Grozny situation where in, in, in Chechnya, where uh, Putin destroyed the whole city uh, and then declared victory. And you certainly don't want that. Grozny's one, one-tenth of the size. But I think there's a lot of people who are starting to worry that if, you, if NATO doesn't step up with more weapons, this thing could get really, really ugly. Well, we did get more weapons supply yesterday from the U.K., right. uh, from Sweden, right? I mean, we're a long way. It was a month ago tomorrow, or I guess today, really, in which we thought Kiev was 72 hours away from being run over. That's true, but yeah. Biden blocked the MiGs. What they need is planes, because in order to take out the artillery, you need planes. You can take them out with some of the, uh, with the Switchblade 600 from aerial environment, and we're not giving them that. I mean, it's the United States has to give them stuff to stop the artillery. The Russians are, are famous. Even the, not, the Nazis were defeated by their artillery. They're famous for just wholesale destruction. I mean, look, the city, the port city that they're going after, that's a Russian city. It's a Russian-speaking people. But uh, Putin shows no mercy whatsoever. Uh, we'll watch it. Meantime, um, you know, you mentioned ESG. It sort of dovetails with this letter uh, from Larry Fink about the letter. end of globalization. The Russian invasion of Ukraine has put an end uh, to the globalization we've experienced over the last three decades. Um, Howard Marks as well talking yes. about um, rather than the cheapest, easiest and greenest sources uh, of energy, let's say, they'll probably more, be more of a premium uh, put on the safest and surest. You know, look, I think Larry's great, Howard Marks great. I just wish that someone would say, okay, we're going to do a new kind of investing. If you're committing genocide, we're not going to let, we're not going to invest in it. I mean, in none of these do they ever say point blank the reason why we can't. Then they talk about war, Russia and war. But how about, listen, if you kill your own people, we're actually going to blacklist you. Now, the MSCI, they could do it. But no one seems to relate killing people with investability. They, war, yes, and globalization, yes. But I think it's a question of, look, if you murder people, we're not going to let you, we're not going to invest in you. And if you don't, we will invest in you. So it's not the end of globalization. It's the end of reckless globalization. And I think that that's what they have to start saying. So, reckless globalization. So the difference between Ukraine and the Uyghurs, for example, in China is what? Sovereign nation? Sovereign status? No, that's violated? Well, I don't think there's any difference. I think both places commit genocide or and therefore are not investable. But look, I, I am, I, I tell you, I'm a throwback. I bet you President Eisenhower would agree with me. Uh, President Johnson. I think, I, think, uh, I think President Nixon would agree with me, for heaven's sake. You know, if, if you're out there doing things that, that not crimp civil rights, but kill people, maybe you shouldn't be investing in them. I mean, this is the General Motors versus Ford debate when... Um, and FDR came to both of them and said, look, we need you to make tanks. And GM said, uh, where and when? And Ford said, you know what? We invest in Germany. We're not going to do that. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think that we have a, I have a GM attitude. I don't have a Ford attitude. Right. Well, certainly uh, yesterday in France, uh, they did lean on the likes of Nestle, for example, yes. Renault, to yes. finally just 
pull the plug, I mean, as much as you can. Right. Well, you know, Jeff Seinfeld sent a list of, of who's playing ball and who's not. It needs to be updated. But, I mean, you saw so many companies in the last few, few days just say, you know what, we're not, we're not going to be involved. Uh, but at the same time, the Germans take that natural gas. Germany. They got to get those coal plants yeah. open. I, I wish they could recommission the decommissioned nukes, but apparently, my sources who do nukes saying that's just not possible. Right. That when you take a nuke out and out, it's out. Meanwhile, um, uh, the Russian stock exchange uh, reopens today with some limited trading. Uh, short selling is banned, of course, and some discussion this morning of state welfare funds trying to add to the buying over well, there. Well, there again, it's globalization. If globalization means, listen, we're perfectly willing to invest in manipulative markets, well, forget it. Now, and then they immediately come back, these globalists, say, listen, we're, we're financing bonds, and even after Ukraine, if Ukraine's destroyed, Ukraine will still pay. And, I, you know, that's a possibility, because history says that Russia paid through many different uh, eras. But I question again, don't give them capital. Just, you know, just don't give them capital. Starve them. But the, most of these funds are opportunistic, and they feel, you know what? Our mission is to invest everywhere or else people wouldn't give us the money. And I think that that's always the easy out. It's like, you know what? I don't like genocide, but the people who give us money don't care about genocide. And I am saying that someone should be a steward of capital and say, we're not going to go into manipulated stock markets and we're not going to go into, into countries that kill their own people. That, by the way, most there's 200 countries. Most of them don't kill their own people. I mean, it's not, in other words, it's not really that much of a limiting principle, but they make it sound like it is. Right. And then just to top it all off, we do have this, um, the reports of this North Korean ICBM test. Uh, first one since, uh, well, in about four years. Yeah. 19, uh, 2017. And talk about being opportunistic. They know the world's distracted right now. Yes, they do. And they are um, a force of evil. And looks well, like Reagan. Uh, and I do think that... Uh, they are taking advantage of. It. I, look, a lot of people feel that all this is happening because of the way our country left Afghanistan, and I don't think that's necessarily the right wing or the left wing. I think there's a recognition that that wasn't necessarily the way to leave, uh, because it's given a lot of openings for uh, for this kind of action. And by the way, uh, that did that was the same in '74 in Vietnam. We always think that like this is the first time, first time. No, I mean, when the United States leaves in a, in a fashion that is disorderly, then there are countries that take advantage of it. Uh, meanwhile, the street today, actually a couple of different notes, Jim, taking stock of the uh, indirect effects of the invasion on American business, at least. J.P. Morgan cuts numbers across the auto sector. Doug with today. It's just tough. Look, the auto sector, nobody has any. I mean, if you speak to the, uh, if, if, you know, if you speak to the companies that are involved with advertising, it's like, why should Ford advertise if Ford doesn't have any cars? I mean, why? I mean, there's no reason uh, you know, to stimulate um, the brand. I mean, there's no, it, there's no inventory. And a lot of this, by the way, the, the Jonas, who I love to quote because he writes in his sleep. Yes. I mean, uh, he, Sometimes he, so, he writes down what he dreamt when he's uh, Jonas, Jonas, whatever comes to his mind. I always love that because that stream of consciousness writing is always great. It's kind of like uh, Virginia Woolf. Uh, but what he – that's rarely uh, linked. But, I, you know, he's saying that the cost of batteries in China driving up Tesla. Yeah. I mean, even Tesla. Uh, J.P. Morgan's uh, argument is less about 
uh, supply, but more about uh, higher energy prices, lower consumer confidence, right. demand destruction that in turn would make them bring their estimates down. Well, I think that when you have the sticker, it's not sticker shock anymore. Sticker's not right. It's the the surtax that the dealers are putting on. <laughs> it's MSRP. The yeah. suggested part is yeah. like being ignored, right? I think about like the guy at the at the link in Philadelphia. I parked my car and he says, can I buy your car? I mean, why? He says, well, you know, I think I double the price of that car. If you give me the car, I'll buy the car for 15000 I said, you parked my car? You're making a deal? You said, well, it's a good opportunity. I think I can flip the car if you don't want the car. I said, well, no, I drive the car. I mean, there's a market. There's a black market for cars right in front. A black market. <laughs> Oh, my God, Phil LeBeau must be just, Where's Phil? I mean, it's gonna... just a remarkable moment, the black market for cars. Yeah. This is 16-year-old Lexus. I think I can sell for pretty much what I bought it for. <laughs> We're going to talk about that, that later on, and we'll, and we'll see Phil, I think, because a group of airline CEOs has sent a letter to the president urging the White House to lift pre-departure COVID testing requirements and the federal mask mandate on flights and airports. The CEO of Alaska Air among the leaders who signed on to the letter, and he made the case for scrapping the mandate with Phil earlier on Squawk. It's always funny because when you speak to the when you look at the pandemic, you know, four variants, we've learned a lot. And you look at, uh, you know, the vaccinations, the progress in vaccinations, you know, people getting, uh, you know, getting COVID and natural immunity. Uh, I think we're in a place, uh, you know, as a society where I, I think we can make that leap. So uh, we feel confident as an airline, again, just in terms of, you know, uh, what we feel is the safety on board our airplanes and, and, and the quality of the air. We feel good about making that request. Uh, said he has a limited appetite right now for M&A, and they are going to trim capacity given where inter- fuel prices right. are. Well, look, there's just, they're just, they can charge anything. I mean, people want to travel so badly. Uh, I, it is funny that the airlines were always safer. The air circulates so quickly, but no one bought that one because when you exported from China, uh, as, President, as President Trump would say, uh, it came through planes, but it was not... On board. I mean, it's a safer place than, say, a cruise line. But it doesn't matter. Right now, people want to travel and uh, mask or no mask. And I think everyone's kind of gotten around the mask rule by ordering Diet Coke. As we said, the yeah. endless sipping of the yeah, Diet Coke. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, they, it is something that's daunting because it reminds you. And anything that reminds you of, uh, of the pandemic makes you less likely to, say, travel. But I, has anyone been on a flight that wasn't extremely full? I mean, I think you can take a flight to some of these cities that like, I flew once to Erie. I've sensed I was the only person on the plane. Yeah, that's going to be interesting uh, in the coming weeks. And we'll, we'll hear what Stefan Bansell said this morning about BA2. Right. It is coming. Uh, everybody sort of accepts that. But whether or not it really dings discretionary spending, it's hard to tell. Mobility right now in the U.K. has not been affected by their wave. I mean, look, talk, American Express is having an unbelievable travel period. Uh, booking, BKNG, amazing. Uh, look, Airbnb. People, look, people are look, people are cooped up and they feel safe uh, because they've been vaccinated. Now, the unvaccinated people who feel safe, I think that that's a false sense of security. But if you're vaccinated, I think it's like have vaccinated will travel. I was just saying we've been working at this desk for it'll be a year in June, where for the most part we've been able to operate. You know, it, it, during some periods with masks, but mostly without. Yeah. I mean, I got Omicron, and I didn't know I had it. And the next day, I didn't have it, but I tested positive for, like, a week. And so I had to stay at home, much to the irritation of my wife. <laughs> yes. Oh, you're still here. She's here. Test positive, please. Test negative. I just need you out of me. you got to get out of the house. Yeah. 
Um, well, we'll see what happens uh, clearly with the, the transports and, yeah. uh, and global activity. But it's so up today. I mean, isn't it quizzical with interest rates just, you know, just soaring? But there is, and remember, I said upside bias to, a, to after a 50% retracement. Upside bias. Right. 21 out of 21 times since 1929. Right. Thank you, Larry Williams. As we continue to circle around uh, 4,500 here this morning, uh, I do have some breaking news out of the NATO summit. Our Kayla Tausch, in Brussels with details. Good morning, Kayla. Good morning, Carl. The White House is announcing a new round of sanctions against Russian elites, officials and corporations. This morning, the U.S. sanctioning the Duma, Russia's lawmaking body, and all 328 of its members, also slapping sanctions on the chief of the country's largest bank and 48 state-owned enterprises serving the defense industry. So far, U.S. sanctions have excluded Russian billionaire Roman Abramovich, uh, but the Kremlin this morning says he no longer is acting as a mediator in Russia-Ukraine ceasefire talks, and it is unclear whether or at what point his assets would be targeted. The White House is also announcing another $1 billion in humanitarian aid and the acceptance of 100,000 Ukrainian refugees. President Biden telling NATO this morning he supports more troops on NATO's eastern front and is set to gather momentarily with G7 leaders to coordinate further action. Now, world leaders have been issuing dire warnings ahead of a trio of summits here in Brussels this week about the possibility that Russia could use weapons of mass destruction. And the top priority is how to strategize a possible response if that worst case scenario were to happen. Jim and Carl. Uh, Kayla, while we have you, um, you know, a lot of the, the reading into the meeting ahead of time was trying to convince European allies to go along, pressure China not to give Russia any incremental support to what degree is that a priority this morning? It is certainly a, a large priority for the alliance and has factored prominently in these discussions. Secretary General Jan Stoltenberg has issued some of the sharpest rebukes of Beijing's role in this crisis, suggesting that just because they haven't provided material support doesn't mean that they have not been somewhat complicit in Russia's actions, saying that they have provided political support in spreading disinformation and blatant lies and suggesting that Beijing's own uh, treatment of Taiwan, though not calling out Taiwan by name, but uh, its own actions and rhetoric around otherwise sovereign nations uh, is problematic in and of itself. But what the alliance and uh, the other meetings later today can actually agree on China and how to respond if China were to intervene here uh, remains to be seen. Also, Kayla, you know, Jim and I were just talking about the issue of the MiGs, uh, which the Pentagon, uh, certainly Kirby, you know, last couple of weeks has said uh, low risk or high risk, low reward. But the president's going to Warsaw tomorrow. Uh, could that conversation get renewed? Uh, it certainly could get renewed, perhaps not on that specific front, but other ways that the U.S. might be willing to help. President Zelensky of Ukraine this morning uh, put down another impassioned plea for additional assistance. He asked for planes. Uh, he asked for tanks. He said that without those technologies and without that force that Ukraine simply cannot defeat Russia. Now, there are discussions for the Western countries to provide anti-ship missiles to Ukraine, which would be one form of assistance, but certainly not the exact type that Zelensky is asking for. So whether there could be some workaround that is agreed on that would be uh, something that would make all of the leaders comfortable but not be seen as a provocation by Russia. Uh, we'll see what they end up announcing and whether they can find that very delicate balance that has so far eluded them.
Yeah, Kayla, uh, the idea that we could, the West, uh, doesn't want to provoke uh, Putin, well, I mean, doesn't that mean that therefore, well, the West has to lose? Uh, well, certainly, Jim, you could make that argument. The argument that Zelensky is trying to make is that if you don't stop this war in Ukraine, it will not be limited to Ukraine, that it will eventually spill over into NATO, NATO territories. And Zelensky today saying in no uncertain terms that he believes that Putin wants to continue moving west. That, of course, is something that President Biden acknowledged as a possibility in his State of the Union speech. And it is one of the reasons why NATO has been bolstering its own defenses on the eastern front and doubling its true presence uh, in some of these uh, countries like Slovakia and Hungary. Uh, there are certainly more discussions about whether such force posture should be permanent, and we could see an announcement on that front as well. Carl? But, again, I just want one more thing. Uh, you talked about the anti-ship missiles, which I think are necessary. Is anyone actually addressing the granular nature of stopping Russian artillery? Um, not at this point, but it's certainly a question that has been put to the administration and to other world leaders uh, many, many times. Kayla, it's just extraordinary. Uh, the developments yeah. today, this meeting is, is definitely uh, one for the history books, and we'll watch for remarks uh, later today with your help. That's our Kayla Tausche in Brussels. Take a look at futures this morning. Uh, we'll get to some of the corporate news that continues to roll in. Uh, Darden, for example, Alaska Air, as we said, KBH, along with some Fed speak, Kashkari talking about why he has changed his tune so dramatically in the last six months. Don't go away. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Sometimes you get these battles on comps calls. They're really incredible. KB Homes last night, they did not make the quarter. KB Homes said it was really because of supply problems. The uh, questioners, the analysts were saying, hey, listen, it could be demand, obviously, because rates are going up. Uh, KBH keeps pushing back. Then the analysts are saying, well, then why aren't you buying back stock? Because you're well below book value. Uh, I don't know. Here's where I come out. Uh, that there are so many analysts who believe that we're about to have a demand problem that all I care about is that the stock is seemingly uninvestable 
unless they were coming in and saying, listen, we're going to buy back all the stock we, we can, which is what Toll Brothers did when they decided they had enough with the market and they actually bought enough stock that it impacted it. So it was a fractious call, uh, and I think it was a work in progress to see who's right about demand versus supply. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, despite the cost pressures, they did reiterate the sales guidance. Right. And they upped their expected price per new home from about 10000 bucks. Well, I mean, look, I take my cue to some degree from the stock price, which is that people are somewhat not believing. You know, when you, look, they, when they have to buy appliances from, like, Home Depot and order for themselves, you're really amazed that they make more money. But I think, I think the analysts are basically saying, you know what, we're, we're going to get ahead of this. Forget this quarter. Uh, this is a market that's going to be dictated by rates. Rates are going much higher, uh, and people are going to uh, start rebelling against KB. I, it's hard to disagree with that, because when I look at what the mortgage rates are doing every day, I mean, yeah, they double from when I... Managed to get a fixed yep. uh, a year ago. 30 year fixed uh, three months ago, uh, three two, mm-hmm. up to four five. I know. I mean, a few months. I mean, it, it's daunting. Now, obviously, when a house goes up $70,000 year over year on a four something odd basis, that's far more important. It's just that in people's minds, uh, it, it's the rates are going up too quickly. And I think that we all have to recognize that it's de facto Fed rate increase. Just, they're just happening without the Fed. It's they're, happening. They're definitely letting the bond market do their dirty Aren't work they? for them. Uh, we'll get the opening bell in just under five minutes as the uh, Dow and S&P still lower for the week. NASDAQ's actually up. Uh, futures are green, and we're back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu. Nikola is surging in the pre-market. The EV startup confirming it has begun electric semi-truck production at its Coolidge, Arizona plant. Says it started manufacturing its battery version of the tray on Monday, something they had talked about in the 4Q print. It's very exciting because if you remember initially they had that problem with the, um, they're pushing the truck down the hill. But there were people on the board who always insisted to me that wait till you see what's finally happening. And they're very smart, good people. It's a really good board. So this is really positive to see. I mean, obviously we need uh, EV whatever. And uh, this and Rivian, we got some positive uh, chatter about. Now we just need to find enough uh, of the materials that make batteries. That's true. There's actually a ton of EV news today, uh, mostly centered around the seven-day move in Tesla, 30% is more than a two-standard deviation move in Tesla last seven days. All I can think of is is that I think they're going to crush uh, Mercedes and BMW in Europe. And it's it's the return of America as, a, as the power. Uh, I, I do think, by the way, that they if you got enough of these, it would actually impact uh, Russia. But we're nowhere near. 
in terms of oil demand? Yeah. Yeah. There's Tesla, though, hanging above 1,000. Tesla's going much higher. Because this German plant is going to... I'm not kidding. This German plant is right in the face of the so-called greatest, greatest country for autos. Forget it. Musk is doing it. He's dancing. Musk is dancing again. There's a look at the opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange. At the big board, natural gas producer RKI Energy. At the NASDAQ, Alpha Tau Medical Developer of Alpha Radiation Cancer Therapy celebrating its recent listing via SPAC. Overall indices and their movement this week, Jim, why this sort of moderate chop, uh, sort of indecisive, low VIX, right? In the face of a 10-year at uh, near 2-4. The low VIX is so intriguing given the fact that you have a NATO meeting with complete wild cards. You got people talking about weapons of mass destruction, chemical weapons that might even waft over to Poland. Uh, And at the same time, it's kind of um, it's a halcyon moment. It's very hard to understand. Uh, But I do say that there's just an upward bias that a lot of people find to be incredible. But I say we've had a terrible bear market in the Nasdaq. And now some of these stocks are inching their way back and people want to be in them. I mean, I was just looking at Blade. We were talking about Blade being coming into the summer where uh, they've got more airports and they're doing fine. Like that stock is moving. A lot of the SPACs are moving up. So it's kind of like, hey, let's look at the detritus and see what's down a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, by the way, NVIDIA is going to be your leader. Watch NVIDIA, because they really did tell you a lot about the total adjustment market being much better. And if NVIDIA keeps going up, that will be the bellwether for the group. Right. So mega cap tech, memes and SPACs yes. making, you think, somewhat of a stand here. Absolutely. I mean, look at Apple. It has not come in. Uh, Tesla is a mega, mega cap. Tesla's another bellwether. But... Watch, you know, Metaverse, Facebook, if they uh, are able to do what I would like them to do with Jensen Wong, it, it, uh, I know that that's a, you know, kind of a world's collide situation uh, at NVIDIA, but they could have, the meta platform could be gigantic for them because that's what, that's exactly what Jensen showed off in his speech. Yep. So I like Megacap. I really do. Meanwhile, you got Google and Spotify uh, trying to work out this alternative payment plan through Google Play, which uh, J.P. Morgan today says could have positive implications for Match and Bumble and some of those names. Well, I think that they Spotify got what they, everyone was hoping to get from Apple. I thought it was very good for Google. That's another stock, Google. That stock, uh, Alphabet, is so undervalued. Uh, on a basis of just pure earnings back out cash. So I look at, at the NASDAQ and I think it maybe the bear market is finished. And, and, a, and a fang, is Alphabet the first one you'd buy? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I have no problem suggesting that whatsoever. On the flip side today, you got Morgan Stanley cutting Alcoa and some iron ore names and go. saying that coal prices are unsustainable, uh, mostly because of the risks in their words of a stagflationary shock. Yes, uh, I find that I did a piece about the fertilizers the other day, and well, there it may just be a, uh, an actual issue having to do with Ukraine. But uh, those can still go up. But I, I do think that you're playing, you're on thin ice if you're going with heavy commodities right now. Uh, but most, I mean, there's no international nickel like the old days, letter M, where you can sell it. But I, I don't like the I, I, Alcoa's had such a big move. What a shame that Alcoa split with our. Arconic, because Arconic has to go in the spot market and buy, <laughs> buy aluminum. That was dumb. But I, I, do, I do really like um, the steel complex. 
uh, because the estimates are We never talked Nucor yesterday on the heels of that U.K. deal. I thought that that Nucor would get hit hard because there's always been a a, a belief that the Chinese find a way to get their steel here through whatever country. But people are quite confident it's not going to happen. The Nucor numbers... Uh, when I, I, I had uh, Mr. Tapalian on, and he was, like, talking about how the numbers could be twice what the street's looking for. Well, I still—that's turning out to be true. That, that, that stock is, is still very, very cheap on the numbers. And remember, they have specialized steel. People forget. They don't use—they use scrap, uh, so their raw cost is good. They have a lot—ESG— Theirs is the best steel to use. So if you're trying, if you're a user of steel and you're trying to get a better ESG profile from Wall Street, you have to use Nucor Steel because they have the cleanest and the uh, they're the biggest recycler in the world. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, Nucor definitely in the top ten of S and P gainers this morning, along with uh, Freeport uh, and Match and Tesla. Some of the names that we've mentioned. Well, I mean, so far. look, the market's being kind of rational. Copper goes up by FCX. Look, look, I mean, I think Tesla is a remarkable. I'm trying to get Elon to come on. That is, that is not panned out. Huh. Uh, best of luck. <laughs> yes. I'm not stopping, though. Uh, every now and then, I remember a couple times on the Barron conference, he came on, but half an hour later than we expected, but it, we made it. Well, what I, I, Back in the when old he days. Was, when he got the Person of the Year award at Time Magazine, uh, I thought for sure maybe he's going to start becoming more media-friendly. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Um, you know, he likes to meet. You like if I were Gary Gensler here and he were there, there would be sparks flying. But <laughs> I think he's remarkable. I, I mean, he's just I like Jensen. I like Elon Musk. I was at a C, I was at a CFO conference last night. It's that CNBC sponsors, which is just remarkable. And the firepower, the mental firepower in the room versus, say, when I got in business, um, let's say, 40 years ago. I mean, the p- people are these people are really much more on top of their game. And I wish the president would become more confident and, and, and comfortable with speaking to business people because business people are much more of a force of change than he may realize. Uh, they're trying to do what's right on ESG. They, don't fe- they feel snubbed. They feel very snubbed by the president uh, and don't understand why the president doesn't want to sit down with them and talk about how to do good things. Right. Yep, that's definitely a, it's, it is a, a sea change from yes, the days really of is. the prior administration where you had uh, roundtables almost uh, weekly. Oh, uh, my, well, the pre- that president yeah. was, you know, he, he was telling people that he's my best friend is my best friend is. Sure. And like, people didn't even know. Right. That's good. Uh, Darden today, uh, another miss along with KBH. Comps miss, revenue miss. Uh, I guess what, what do we make of some of these uh, consumer names that are less than stellar quarters? Well, you know, I, I thought that Darden actually, given the circumstances, did a pretty good job. I think that what people are afraid of is, is that these were the last good numbers now that uh, gasoline's going up. And Darden used to, uh, when Mr. Otis was, was CEO, it correlated very well with gasoline. But I've got to tell you, ever since Gene Lee came in, if you're selling stocks with gasoline, Gene Lee's very smart. And it, there's not been a big correlation with gasoline since Gene Lee became, became CEO. Yeah. Meanwhile, the, the futures curve for gasoline implies a return to three bucks by Labor Day, which I know nobody believes. And who knows, maybe it is folly. Well, look, it's like when you go and speak to these oil people about how, why aren't you drilling more? The first is, is they want to turn capital. But the second is they say, well, you look at the futures. They're saying by the time the oil comes to the market, we'll have ruined our, 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 our margins. So, look, I'm telling you, I'm so glad at this very moment that I do not run an oil company. 
because those people, their heads are spinning worse than Reagan in the exorcist. And then, no so, green vomit. So though. what does it mean when California now is considering stimulus packages of $11 billion, rebates of 400 bucks per registered car, uh, free public transit, uh, postponing diesel ta- taxes? <laughs> uh, a mad scramble to be able to, to appease, appease, appease any voter. Uh, Look, the pump price is high, but the, have you been to the supermarket? Hey, give me a give me a rebate on flank steak, will you? <laughs> How about bacon? If I can find some bacon, I'm willing to pay higher prices. You know, there's a huge bacon shortage. Bacon shortage. Yeah, eggs are a problem know. now. Eggs yes. are problem. We're going into Jeez. Easter. It's true. It's when true. I go to the supermarket, I am grateful that there are still things on the shelves. I went to a, you know, the dollar stores don't have as much on the shelves as they used to. Yeah. Candy aisle is still very good. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, we're getting used to a little scarcity, but we're nowhere near with the rest of the well, world. Well, I mean, look, when you see a friend of mine sent me a picture, didn't want to disclose, they sent me a picture of a Russian supermarket. Oh, nothing. I mean, it was in the, and it was in like the woman's hygiene aisle. I know it's tragic. That's tragic. What's happening to the supply of all? No, kinds it's of like when gum. Remember gum? Yeah. There's super supermarkets where they tended to have nothing. Well, not that it's Stalingrad, but, you know, I think Russia, at a certain point, will the people rebel? I don't know. You know, we get a lot of polls about how Putin's doing it. Not that, like, you know, who else is against him, but people keep saying he's doing well. But if you were, like, someone called you and said, how's, how's Putin doing? Would you say, look, I think he's not doing a good job? Or he'd probably kill you. Well, I mean, uh, arguably the bulls take heart in reports of resignations of the climate envoy right. or that the central bank chief wanted to resign and they wouldn't let her. Well, that was very or some of the state TV anchors who were going rogue on air are quitting. I know. At the same time, when you go and look, when, uh, again, I like to refer to when Putin destroyed Grozny, uh, the capital of, uh, of Chechnya, because uh, there were a lot of Russians there, too. But he was he, he didn't mind killing everyone. God, that sounds horrible, but it's true. And, and, you know, so you get into this. There were a lot of generals that disappeared who were ineffective. So there's you you might want to leave if you disagree with Putin. I want to take your yacht and go home. Right. Before it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't really mention the eco data. Uh, Durables were a surprise drop. X-Trans. Yes. Um, We've had four straight months of durable gains. So we gave back 2% this month. Right. And And then jobless claims. 187. It's just crazy. No, we did. I mean, someone was saying this morning on Brian Sullivan's excellent show that if they if a company opens a new battery plant plant in Arizona, there'll be more jobs. And my first thing was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please, please, no more jobs. We, we please come back tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, but like, you know, I'm, look, we're in such a shortage that you know I'm part of Ollie's army. I don't know if you guys know Ollie's, but. They don't have enough stuff. They don't have supply. Ali's army is starving. I, I urge people to go to Ali's because it's just a, it's a festival of, of merchandise from other places, and there isn't any. Yeah, you're referencing some of the price cuts that we've gotten. Oh, well, I mean, Ali, look, I, there's some weird stuff. I mean, Traeger did poorly, too, the uh, grill company. People are selling that right ahead of grill season. I don't know. I kind of like Home Depot here ahead of grill season. Christmas, Christmas season for, Christmas. for HD. I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good gardening season, uh, and I think that Home Depot is able to pass on prices very easily, which is rather amazing. The American people have yet to rebel 
against higher prices, which is why I think we can keep focusing on gasoline because it's so visible. Right. But when you go to these stores, the prices are increases are phenomenal, and people are still shopping. I mean, Home Depot, I think, is going to have no problem making the numbers. Right. Such a good company. Yeah, still, there's still a well of money. There is a well of money. At, at that is well put. Household level. And remember, people have big gains in the stock market, and they can sell stock to to finance anything. Yep, yep. Rich people can. Right. Uh, by the way, a reminder, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Just sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club, or you can always use the QR code on your screen. As we go to break, got to keep check on the bond market and treasuries. We got commentary this morning from Kashkari. Uh, Waller as well today, Bostic, as we've been getting some of the hawk uh, commentary, especially from Bullard and Mestred yesterday, 10-year, 235. We'll be right back. to Squawk on the Street. Rick Santelier live at CMEHQ with breaking news. Our March preliminary read on S&P Global PMIs, manufacturing 58.5. That is the best since September of last year. And if we look at the services PMI, 58.9. These are well above expectations, sequentially following 56.5. And finally, the composite PMI, 58.5, sequentially following 59, 55.9, so much higher than expected. And, of course, the preliminary nature of these means they will get upgraded in about two weeks. Now, we're going to go to Carl Quintanilla. Carl? Rick, thank you very much. Uh, Rick Santelli. We are keeping our eye on Brussels this morning as the president there, uh, meeting with some world leaders, I believe, along, uh, in that particular case, some of the leaders of Japan. Uh, the one headline crossing right now, Jim, is that uh, they are trying to prep NATO uh, for a more dangerous future, which is clearly evident. Well, you look, we for years had a mutually assured deterrence where we just presumed that Russia wouldn't do what we now say it might do. Tactical nukes can easily take out a quarter of, uh, of Kiev, and, but you would say that the cloud would make it so that it could go to all over NATO. So NATO is... I think, really kind of ready to make a statement that just says, if you do this, uh, there will be real consequences. That's what I think. Yeah. Uh, well, consequences is the exact word uh, that got used in a headline regarding chemical weapons. Yes. Uh, NATO leaders say that chemical weapons would bring consequences. Um, call again on China to refrain from helping Russia, which right. we talked about with Kayla. And then preparing for various scenarios of either a some accidental or intentional nuclear use or some invasion of a territory that truly provokes NATO. They have to do that. They have to do that. I mean, there's some fabulous books. Graham Allison wrote a great book, Essence of Decision, about what happened with the Cuban Missile Crisis, where you know, their very strong president, President Kennedy, said, get those missiles out, or there's going to be consequences like you wouldn't believe. And, and I think that it's a President Kennedy moment, but we don't see that. Were you struck yesterday by some of the reports that sanctions on certain of the oligarchs were requested by Zelensky to be held off because they said they were seen as an avenue to some discussion, trying I, I to keep that. some communications open. I saw that. As, I found it intriguing. I also think that uh, we won't publish the names of the generals. I mean, you know, we publish the names of the generals of Iraq. I mean, these generals arguably are war criminals. 
Now, when you say stuff like war criminal, what that means is they could be tried because they're uh, attacking, they're destroying hospitals and targeting nursing homes and targeting playgrounds. I mean, these are not, this is not normal times. Most leaders do not engage in this kind of activity, and it is prosecuted. I'd like to know who, who we should prosecute. We talk about oligarchs, but how about generals? How about colonel generals, major generals who are, who, who are pulling the trigger because you want someone to rebel against Putin? Someone. Uh, you do want to leave uh, some carrot out there and give them right? the hope that if they were to defect or turn tail, that they would be received somehow favorably, worse than, or better than the option they have by staying. Right. I mean, wouldn't you want, if you were a general, to say, you know, to straddle both sides and say, look, uh, I have no desire to go to prison for the rest of my life. Let's moderate. But uh, I think there's such fear of Putin that that just doesn't occur. Right. We'll see if that uh, if that dynamic changes. In the meantime, markets obviously going to try to. Uh, wrestle with all of this and trade within a certain range. We're still around 44.75. That's would be 44.80 this morning. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Morning, Bob. Morning, Carl. Um, news out of Europe is still obviously the issue on the markets, but commodity play is still working. So energy generally higher. Those metal stocks generally higher. We've had the S&P materials sector uh, at a new high overall. Uh, tech's okay. The thing to watch is ARC, uh, Kathy Wood's ARC fund, because this is a real indication of general market trends since the Powell presser. Generally, they've been a big winner. If you take a look, uh, and I'm talking about since Wednesday last week uh, and Mr. Powell's press conference, ARC's up about 20 percent, believe it or not. But consumer discretionary energy technology all up six, seven, eight percent as well. Uh, Powell seems to have convinced a lot of people that the Fed is going to be aggressive on inflation without derailing the economy. That's a pretty neat hat trick if he can pull that off. A lot of skeptics. But for now, the market's giving him uh, the benefit of the doubt. Uh, if you look at the market trend, though, there's some very interesting ha- things happening in the last few days. So bonds have been down and stocks have been up. There used to be a positive correlation. Now there's not anymore. The volume's a little bit lower in the last few days. I'm not quite sure why. We had the lowest volume in a month yesterday. Institutional activity seems to be very low. There seems to be very low conviction on what to do from the institutions. But I keep hearing that there's higher activity from retail traders, higher activity on buybacks and higher activity from the CTAs, commodity trading uh, advisors, uh, because they're the ones that buy and sell futures on momentum, essentially. So different people are in the markets for different reasons right now. I'm very interested to watch that. Jim had mentioned Darden. Uh, I, I want to remind everyone, costs are a major problem, and I'm afraid uh, margin erosion might be a major issue going into the first quarter earnings season. Did you see, Dar- besides they had a big miss and their, their guidance was poor, restaurant level margins, 19.4%. For the last quarter, the consensus was 20.7. Most of this miss here was due to much higher labor costs overall. So that's a very big problem. And you're going to hear a lot more about this. I'll say more about this next week. Uh, Finally, just want to note, uh, got some questions about the Russian stock market reopening. Unfortunately, this has no impact on us at all. I was asked about these Russian ETFs to trade here in the U.S. Nothing's happening here at all. Those were only a small number that trade over in Moscow. I think 33 securities. None of them are open to foreign investors. One of the biggest ones, that Vanek Russia ETF, that depends upon Russian stocks that trade in London. They're not open. So the bottom line in answer to people's questions, nothing is happening at all with these Russian ETFs. MSCI still has the value of all the Russian securities on its indexes, Carl, 
at zero. So that's going to be a big issue to deal with when and if these ever reopen. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob. Thanks so much. Uh, Bob Pisani. Let's get to Jim and stop trading this I mean, morning. We never talk about Uber. I mean, I tell you, Uber's very interesting because, you know, they're signing up like regular taxi drivers, which is pretty good for their book of business. And I know that this is a company that could make some money. I, I talked about it last time on Squawk on, uh, on, on Mad Money. I, I Look, if this company makes money, the stock's going to go much higher. And this was a very positive move. And I thought the stock would be up even more. Up more than 4% because this shows you to do this nationwide. Uh, and next thing you know, every taxi's on Uber, and that's just more money for Uber. Yeah. Definitely going to help ease the friction with some of these municipalities. Yes. Which has been going on for oh, years. enough already. Uh, but anyway, I, I'm inclined to think that that's it. When, when I talked about the stocks that are starting to make a bit of a comeback. Now, not everything's coming back. I mean, if you're really losing a fortune, no one's buying your stock. But there are some of these stocks people are looking at again. That's why this Nasdaq's a leader here. Uh, it is the one index that's uh, up for the week. We'll see if it can hold. What are you going to tackle tonight? Well, I tell you, I have Agco, which we're going to talk about. You know, this is the amazing, amazing ag complex. And the Mike Siebert, and your T-Mobile, when is it going to start moving again? He's going to hate that I just said that, but I don't care. By the way, Verizon's back to 50. Yeah. It's trading uh, with the long bond. I think it was key yesterday, up Timo on uh, best-in-class 5G yeah, network. Yeah, some 5G. That was an interesting piece that it mattered. Uh, I, I think that it's, the stock could go higher. Uh, and I'm also I'm really fixated on GME and AMC because not unlike Braveheart. Hold! <laughs> we got, there was better action in GME again this morning. They have to come in and buy it. This is ridiculous. How, you, if you don't manipulate a stock every day, what's the point? <laughs> we'll see you at 6, Jim. Uh, good hour. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, we'll go to break here. We'll continue to watch uh, developments in Brussels as the president makes his way around town and to Poland tomorrow. Dow's up 128. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.